0: Z of UK TV drama with Andy and Martin. Hello and welcome back to an A to Z of UK TV drama with me, Andy. And me, Martin. How are you doing? Hello. So we're not going to ask each other how we're doing because this is essentially <laughs> recorded on the same day as we recorded part one of Our Friends in the North and realised we just had far, to far too much to say. Oh, you'll be pleased to know that Martin has had a loo break. <laughs> Thank you. I may still need one of those. You, no, you're, not happy, you're not happy that I
1: mentioned that, are you? <laughs> <laughs> what, that I have a bladder that works? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, it was a very long break, you'll notice. That's, yeah. that's the utter age for you. Okay. <laughs> and we're moving into that territory in the stories. So. Okay.
0: So we're now going to move into 1979.
2: The I've got a Kevin.
1: nineteen seventy nine there's a year of joy for us all
0: <laughs> yeah, so we should say personally about how we feel about this because I remember the election as a seven year old I remember seeing the elections in Newcastle mm. and not understanding wow what's going on with all these different colored placards and mm. and realizing that it was a really important election as well, even at that young mm. I mean I remember mm. you saying as well that this was something that
1: this defeat it's a dark time for those who well, I don't know. It's it's obviously for a lot of people they think it's a turning point, and and who are we to argue? Uh, but in the end, I I just remember not liking the fact that that the Tories had won, even though you've got you've got to argue that Callaghan years were um were were, were troublesome. Yeah, because you um, had the winter of
0: discontent and. The strikes and the, the rise of the, un- the unions being so strong, and you could argue mm. that couldn't continue in that same vein. Indeed, regardless, but then mm. the Tories take us on a whole new other yes.
1: path. <laughs> well, well, again, I mean, it, it's interesting uh, in terms of uh 1979. I've I've, I've written a few notes. I I, I I tend to look at this as the the first proper Mary episode. Okay, it's the first. It, to me, it's the first one where she really. Comes yeah. to the forefront as a, as a, as a full-blown uh, part of the, the foursome, if you like. You yeah. know, very much. Again, you could argue that's the changing times. You know, the Thatcherism. You know, the women in politics generally. Yeah. So you could argue that the housewife thing in the sixties sort of undermines not her character, but undermines the amount of uh, she plays in the in the plot. If you like. Mm-hmm. Um, she also drives the same same gar- car as Hayden Gwynne drove, which uh, in, in, in in nice work which just which just surprised me so same by type now
0: she's car. deputy leader of the council is she mm-hmm um, and she's gone up in the world and she looks exactly like my mother at this point by the way clothes hair, everything <laughs> everything she was exactly mm. that in 79 um, irrelevant mm. to everyone else but um and she supports Nikki she's bemused by Tosca she's mm. and she, yeah, it's it's still a while off before she gets to go to New Orleans with Nikki, isn't it? <laughs> but it's... Oh, yes. Absolutely. <laughs> but there's the sort of... Yes, she's starting to become someone for, in her own right is the key, isn't it? Don't be pathetic.
2: Look, I ask nothing for myself, but you can't just turn your back on those two.
1: Hey! Now, come on. They want for nothing.
2: You're never here, Tosca. For God's sake, you're not 17 anymore. You're 35 have got responsibilities. They need you.
1: Need us? Sometimes I think they don't even like us.
2: No, I don't think they do. But they still need you. You're their father.
1: But also, the fascinating thing in this is is we get an allotment trashing scene uh, which sort of parallels in many ways with what we saw in the Beidebecker. <laughs> yeah. And and again, Tony, Tony Hagarth, who is now retired and working on the next door allotment to uh, to Felix, uh, instead of going off in a rage, again does the same thing we see Big Al do yeah. in uh, in the Biederbeck, which is try and find reasons why th- this kid has done this, yeah. why why this this child has gone off to destroy uh, and indeed befriends. Um, Anthony. Is it, yeah. Anthony? No. Yeah, yeah, it is. Anthony? Yeah, Anthony. Yeah. So you know, uh, so Anthony is is the eldest son of Tosca and Mary, mm. uh, and in later episodes we'll see him grown up and being a policeman. So again, presumably the influence of of uh, Roy here is that he puts him on the straight and narrow. Mm-hmm.
0: And of course, he's he's a policeman in Midsummer Murders. Eventually, isn't he? He's Gavin Troy in Midsummer. thought <laughs> 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 i to put that in
1: there. I mean this happens a lot in in up in set- I mean it happens in Claudius when you think about it the, uh, the the young characters in early episodes that become main characters in later episodes you you see points so you see uh, so there's this just this point that you see in Anthony's life yeah. where where which which drives again uh, episodes seven eight and nine where he is a grown-up policeman yeah
0: but it's interesting isn't it that as a choice that you only have one character who grows up to be someone who we know Mm. just because of how it works out and how there's there's a lack of children actually in this until later on and i I find that interesting because i mean it's important for geordie that, that he doesn't because he's always looking for that But, um, Nicky being childless, I think is interesting. I mean, is that Mm. because he doesn't want to have the whole father son thing that he has such a struggle with himself? Mm. And I don't know. Mm. We have here the most important Geordie scene of all, I think, in terms of understanding Mm -hmm. him or at least sympathizing with him, where he talks to Nicky in the flat about how everything made sense with Jules and, and after he discovers that she was murdered and, um, he talks about everything usually being a blizzard, you know, and that with her the blizzard stopped. And I just think it's mm. brilliant performance from Daniel yeah. Craig and it's so beautifully yeah. lyrically written. I, I've never felt like that about anybody before or since. I...
3: Everything made sense when I was with her. It was the only time... I was just me, not this mishmash inside. Because normally, you know, it's, it's, it's just a sort of blizzard, really. <laughs> and, uh. don't really get it. Don't really get what's going on. But when I was with her, for just that little time, about 12 months, the blizzard stopped when I was with her. When I was just meeting
1: her. <laughs> Him and uh, Nikki are living in sort of adjacent flats in the old... Willow the Lane, old, yes. Sl- the old slum. Yeah. And of course, uh, Tosca and Geordie go out on the pool. Oh. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and and again, Tosca is worried about losing his hair. <laughs> yes, just, he has like that comb a, over scene. A beautiful scene.
0: scene. <laughs> but Mark Strong, um, as an in, in interviewer said, that was actually, there was a point at which um, that was him because he lost his hair right. early. And he said he realised, it was the point at which he realised that he should stop doing that and and shave his hair, <laughs> was when he became really good at noticing that the wind was changing direction and he used to move his head <laughs> so that... So that his hair wouldn't fly up. And it, as soon as he realised, he started to get really good at recognising the wind changing direction. It was absolutely definitely time to shave his head. That was that was his turning point. So that was brilliant. So,
1: so, so we've all learned something
0: here. Yes. Bless him. Right. Yeah. I love, so, um, I love the character of Elaine. Can I just say, Elaine, Tosca's right. woman... I think Tracy Wilkinson is one of the most underrated actresses and in this series, I think she's astonishing. I mean, she doesn't Mm -hmm. come into her own yet because she just falls in love with Tosca at the dance floor and you think, well, she's a bit of a bit of fluff. Idiot. Yes, (laughs) but she becomes someone very important and I think crucial to the narrative later on. Anyway.
1: Mm. Uh, Again, they get the beautiful, the flob Flowerpot Men scene right at the end of the episode where they are probably in love I was talking to someone else about this
0: and they were saying that they thought it was horrible that this 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 scene and I was like I don't know it's kind of I thought it was kind of like probably quite sweet and kind of like how people who are stupidly in love might be but
1: yeah. it, I, I just think it it's it, in many ways what it does is it 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 humanises Tosca at the yes. time you really need him to be, yeah. um, because uh, is, is is he as he's no he's not he's not quite become the slum landlord yet, but um, no, but he's on the
2: way, but,
1: yeah. um, but it humanises him at a point where that needs to happen. <clears throat> but also i think it proves the point that he's finally found someone who he is actually yes! in tune with
0: and he is actually free to be himself with and isn't trying yes. to act or try to understand how he should relate to this other person he's just being him yes. and that is yes. lovely yeah exactly yeah
1: and, and it's a very it's a very it's a very short scene but it actually in many ways I th- I think that that kind of unlocks his character in many ways, and yeah. I th- I think you know without I mean, okay you can hate the scene or you might find it ridiculous or or say it's too flippant or whatever, but actually in terms of understanding Tosca, it makes complete sense yes. at that point in the plot. So yeah. I've mean, yeah, not got a problem with it. Oh hello, beep-up.
2: Hello, snobbler, beba, beba, beba. Wee,
1: wee. To little weed to come over here. I think the farmer's coming back from his dinner.
3: (laughs) I love you, Elaine.
0: I love you, Terry. Um, the other scene that is of note is Nicky finally having a chance to have his firebrand speech as the Labour candidate, and... Indeed. Eccleston does it brilliantly. Yeah, he's a great orator, isn't he? Yes. He really is. He really is. And it, like, yeah. Think of some of his Doctor Who speeches as well, but mm. I mean he's never better than here, I don't think. Mm. And you feel, you feel in him, Nicky, he does absolutely passionately believe in just actually wanting to improve people's lives. There's mm. ideology and real care there, mm. and yet it's exactly that which opens him up to being a target and this is something mm. i find really interesting particularly as he even looks slightly like jeremy corbyn towards the end of the series mm. um, is that he is hoist by his own petard and the basis that um he has protested and he has gone on marches and he was anarchist and an, was an anarchist for a while nikki and i just think about how in left-wing politics in labor you've got a lot mm. of people who are more to the left who have protested and who have you know banned the bomb and other things that they've stood up for and these mm. people are then shafted for that later in life and told to be mm. crass in the in the newspapers and and because they're too left and they're too radical and the reason is because people on the left care about people and they are passionate and they believe in these things and yet that leaves them open for criticism in the press and people being brainwashed into thinking they're bad people because they're too red. And yet you've got the Tories who would never go on
1: a protest,
0: would they? Yeah. Tories don't yeah. go on protests. That's not mm. part of the mindset. And I just think-
1: Your, your, your good works are held against you. In, yes,
0: and, exactly, in, yeah, in yeah. politics. And I just think yeah. it's a brilliant representation of that. The argument against me is that I will be attacked because of where I stand on certain
3: issues. But think about it. If the Labour Party cannot have me as a candidate, it cannot have any candidate the Tory press will attack. Black candidates, gay candidates, any candidate who's ever done or said anything radical or so-called controversial. (coughs) So this constituency party has an important choice here. It can accept my candidature by its own free democratic choice, or it can sit back and accept what's dished out to it by the Labour Party candidate factory, who hate the sight of me for one reason, and one reason only. Because for eight years, I've been hassling them to demolish Willow Lane flats. (laughs) And why can't that? Because, To demolish Willow Lane is to publicly admit 30 years of corrupt, lazy bastard, Tammany Hall-style politics where greedy men lined their own pockets and a spineless Labour MP did nothing while whole communities were destroyed to make way for leaking, vermin-ridden, hungry dustings. That's why...
1: There is a there is a lovely scene in the middle of this episode where where basically um, the new girlfriend goes to visit the wife. Oh yes. Yeah she's Mary's completely
0: bemused by it, isn't she?
1: And having known him known him for a mere two and a quarter hours hmm. <laughs> decides that divorce is 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 the best way out of this yeah. thing. So um, yeah. you know and of course i mean that's just a nice light-hearted well not light-hearted but it's it's an interesting moment in the middle before you come on to this whole heartbreaking storyline of how basically the uh, Seabrook steals the election thanks to the 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 hideous Colin yeah. who basically uh, uses as many dirty tricks as he, well. He eventually doesn't get away with to uh, actually uh, steal the election uh, in a in what was and had been a safe uh, Labour seat for for donkeys years uh, by doing as many horrible dirty tricks as he can get away with. He actually doesn't get away with them. Yeah. But um, uh, because he's actually fired because whatever he does, which is including. Uh, dropping you know hints about IRA connections and what have you um is actually even too too extreme yeah for Seabrook right now <laughs> who is an absolute piece of work I mean she yeah. really is unpleasant oh can I just um... say
0: something we watched this right on the day mm. it was the same yeah. day that pretty Patel was starting to talk about gypsies and how you know attacking gypsies and how they can't have their caravans and all that and their their yeah. homes. And there was a mm. comment about gypsies from Claudia Seabrook and I couldn't mm. believe it. I mean, it's like, honestly, nothing has changed. It's vile. Oh.
3: I'm Nicky Hutchinson, the Labour candidate. I live in the constituency in the Willow Flats. Why, if you're not clever enough to get yourself out of there, you're not clever enough to be an MP.
2: <laughs> <laughs>
3: if I'm elected, I'll campaign in Parliament for proper decent houses for everybody.
2: Can you do out about these gypsies over the back? Take their dirty asses out of it, and I may vote for you.
3: Well, the travellers have a housing problem of their own, you know.
2: I'm not talking about travellers, man.
3: I'm talking about these dirty jippos doing their business in people's back gardens.
2: I couldn't agree more. They can't be allowed to make a nuisance. There are special sites for them, after all. Can I give you a poster? Is there a poster for this lady? Oh. oh. This is stotty cake is it it's delicious <laughs> the
1: the actual press conference scenes in this are very critical of the press when you think about it because whenever whenever Nikki's trying to get a message across yeah it, they're all basically they, they, they've got their their questions they've are you got gay? Their things they wanted yeah they've got their headlines <laughs> yeah you know yeah exactly so uh, so so in that sense you know, they do touch on, on the uh, unpleasantness of, of... And there's also a beautiful line in the middle of all the campaign um, where Geordie meets Nicky and just says, change the world this time. It fucking well needs it.
2: <laughs> yes.
0: Brilliant. That's a good one, isn't it? So yeah. so
1: Geordie is actually... A, a, the Zingers... <laughs> yeah. The Zingers do keep coming. Yeah. So I just want to also
0: say about... um In this episode, you've got... um. Austin Donoghue finally being arrested, and it's when he says, Not in the middle of the street, man. Not in the middle of the street. He wants that dignity. And I think, in terms of T. Dan Smith and in terms of Austin Donoghue, he actually achieved an awful lot. I mean, I think some of the things I know in Newcastle are all to do with him, to do with like Mm. Eldon Square Shopping Centre and all the different things that. The, the, the preservation of grey street the famous shopping street and all these different things that happened and he did a lot of good and housing was provided yes some of it was bad but some of it was good and I think people just remember the bad things and it's, it's mm. and there was corruption but there always is and I mm. think I think Austin Donahue gets a, a bad rep just like T. Dan Smith did but um, yeah there was one point where Nicky says well th- someone said at least he built built lots of houses, you know?
1: Mm. And at the end of this, we see basically... I think Nicky is broken at the end of this, isn't he? Yeah.
0: Well, because he's it, the the catalyst for being utterly broken is that his hearing that the Willow Lane flats are going to be pulled down, which is something he's... Yes. They're a symbol of his idealism and yes. how he wants to fight yes. the system. And finally, it's going to happen, but the cost of all of everything he's done so far yes. and he's a broken... Man, yeah.
1: The demolition of the flats happens at the end of the episode, yeah. and we see we see Nick and Mary, um, Nicky and Mary, uh, watching this. And he because he's come back from travelling to get over the election. Yeah. And it's Mary's birthday, and he makes a ten- tentative, tentative, uh, arrangement to sort of meet her for lunch, maybe and yeah. meet for a meal. And she basically says, "No, I've got to look after the kids," yeah. and and we get this whole never a good time thing, which segues into Tosca and uh, the flowerpot men Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so so but but yeah. So basically that that storyline, that's 1979. It kind of closes where the stage play would have finished, mm-hmm. if you see what I mean. Because that that's the end of episode six. Yeah. So everything from now on is kind of new and exciting. 1984. What a good year
0: that was. episode it's about the minor strike ostensibly it is
1: basically it, it's actually uh, I mean I don't know about you but I found this in many ways the hardest episode to watch um, because it's brutal it's absolutely brutal I mean if you if uh, if you have any kind of faith in the fundamental goodness of society and people it's yeah. it's severely tested by the events uh, of this episode yeah and and it's kind of weird because I mean the, the minor strike itself if you, if you look at it in context was a a, a turning point in in the Thatcher era
2: mm.
1: it was a turning point in in a lot of people's lives there are there are still families that don't talk to each other over it even to this day um but actually it's um it starts off this episode uh, episode seven, nineteen eighty four. It starts off so very differently. Mm-hmm. They, you actually see the early uh, days of the strike where things are quite civil. The, you know, the local coppers and the local uh, people on the picket lines are all actually mates. <laughs>
3: than you scumbags. I've got a straight question and I want a straight answer. Do you want a sandwich
1: or a sausage roll for your breakfast? (laughs) 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 And it only really seems to escalate when uh, central government decide to start sending... it's ironic really when you've when you've got the idea of flying pickets. Yeah. When you've got flying policemen as well. Yes, the Met, the Met guys, the Met boys turn up, yeah. The, the Met who have no local sympathies yeah, uh, are drafted in to go in and <clears throat> essentially kick heads. Yeah. And ultimately that, that sense... I mean, when, when you've got uh, Thatcher saying there's no such thing as society, mm. uh, one of the reasons there's no such thing as society at the, in this era is precisely because of the way they handle situations like the one that's portrayed in this episode so oh, yeah. it's it's a very difficult thing to watch it, it in I, I, if you know anything about uh, the history of uh, Peterloo in Manchester oh yeah you actually start to I, I I do sort of think that maybe the plot of this episode is, is loosely based on and what happened in Peterloo there is a, there is a, a mention at one point about the poor horses that are uh, but it's, there's a lot of sympathy for the horses but it's also uh, the
0: um, the the place the, the, there was a miners incident, the one that showed on the news.
1: Mm. Is that which is Orgreave? Is that Orgreave? Yes, I think so. Yeah, yeah. yeah there, there was a big fight. Yeah, yeah. I the, what's yeah. But this is is. I mean, this is uh, a, a an unnamed village, mm. mining village. Um, yeah. Uh, w- uh, in many ways, it's it's a kind of. Uh, I, I don't I, I don't know the area well enough to know whether it's a typical mining village. Uh, but it certainly seems laid out I don't know whether as a location it's been picked because of the the ease of the <laughs> the way to sort of show this on screen the the divisions you know. yeah but you've got these 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 rows and rows of terraces with rows and rows of back gardens and people who from this point in their lives will be hating each other yes. from from so you get a, a community that is literally not metaphorically but actually literally torn apart yeah. by the events yes. that happened over the course of and this so so minutes of television
0: yeah 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 and you have the the horrendous scenes where the police are actually you know throwing money in their faces on the bus and saying you know look, we've got this cash yeah. you know it's just awful
1: um and even and even there's a moment where where they trap the mp on a bus yeah. Know, yeah um they they they're, and they're and they're actually stopping buses to hold them back just long enough, yes, so that, so that the thing can escalate, yes, yeah, yeah, it's horrible, you know, and and so it's uh, it's it's a peculiar episode, really, um, you know. I mean, because in in the sense of all our characters are orbiting around this, but none of them are really central to it. Um, it, it so we are sh- sh- showing a moment in time here, you know. So so Tosca is having meetings with various posh people to, you know, over, over and wander. Mary's sort of, sort of helping with the fundraising, you know. Nicky's taking photographs and, of course, uh, Daniel Craig is in prison somewhere. Yeah. So we get our three main characters orbiting around this story yes. and in, in, interacting with it. But it's not, it's not really central to any of their actual... Lives. Yeah. It's more central to Mary's because she is helping with the fundraising. It's more helpful. It's more central to Nicky's because he's basically there to take pictures. Yeah. But actually, in terms of the lives that are being broken and shattered in this, mm. it's it's uh, Mary's son Anthony, who's the policeman, who is one of the people who's sent in to deal with this, and um, and the local people in that community. So so it's it's, it's a very different. Episode, yeah, you know,
0: yeah. Um, is this the episode where Tosca joins the Freemasons or is that the next one?
1: This is the one where he starts to he's looking for ways to make money because he realized he can make money out of council houses, Um, yeah. Um, so so I think he's just he he meets uh, Larry Lamb's character. Oh,
0: honestly, Um, can I just say, Larry Lamb, just appalling in this, he's a good (laughs) actor, usually, but. He tries a Geordie accent and he's the only person in the whole thing who doesn't get it. His accent is <laughs> appalling. I wrote it down several times. <laughs> Bless him. He just couldn't do
1: it. He was in the TVS uh, studios the day I didn't get my graphics job at TVS. No, really? He was, in the lobby. he was in the lobby waiting while I was in the lobby waiting. And I thought, I know him from some... Oh, yeah, I know him from Triangle. <laughs> I know him from
0: Triangle. I'm sure you're pleased you remembered that credit.
1: Um, <laughs> well, I, I'm not the sort of person who would ever approach somebody and say, "Oh, could I have your autograph?" Yeah, you were in Triangle. <laughs> yeah. But so, uh, I, I want to yeah, know I, is
0: this is this the episode where um Anthony meets his dad in the pub? Is that the one? Because there's that brilliant line. Um, now I know why they
3: call it the Mafia of the mediocre. That's the right place for you,
1: Dad. Thanks. For what? The
3: helping is make me mind up.
0: It sums up Tosca completely and I mm. think this is what Flannery achieves is quite often he has lines that sum up characters so brilliantly and, and that mm. is perfectly encapsulates Tosca's flaw and mm. this side of society's flaw as well, that there's mediocrity mm. and not having enough intelligence and But that being such a strong force in society, um, it's Mm. it's the Brexiteer. You know that Tosca would be a Brexiteer. You know it.
1: Oh God! (laughs) It's just like
0: you could just write
1: it. No, and yes, no. Here we go. Tosca's initiation is also in this episode. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And and, uh, when he's doing all his uh, insider dealing and what have you. So yes, it's. uh, This is also uh, in terms of brutality. This is the episode where Felix gets attacked by the dog, which is. um, Oh. uh, which starts, in many ways, his well, it it, it accelerates his his increasing dementia. Yeah. Yeah, so, uh, so what? Um, well, it starts it. I think that's the it's the
0: turning point. He hmm. hasn't got it by this point until that attack. Um, hmm. Chris Eccleston always cites that scene as the one he read that made him want to do Our Friends in the North, because right. he saw on one level that um, it was a gritty scene. Hmm. Um, on another level, it was showing how how Felix was being brutalized by the failure of the the support for the working class um, that he'd mm. fought for all these years, you know, and all his speeches in the big market and the labor movement. And yet in the end, the mm. failure of that movement is the creation mm. of people like Chris Collins and his, his, his stepdad or whoever he is who mm. sets the dog on him. And it's like he's brutalized yeah. by this, the very thing that mm. he's been trying to support.
2: You're determined it's my fault, aren't you?
3: Picking a fight, are you? Eh? eh? No, no, no. I, I, I'm not looking for trouble, son. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm 66, man. Aye, you're shitting yourself now, aren't you? Eh? Your fucking big mouth's got you into trouble, hasn't it? What are you gonna do now? Eh? Say you're sorry. Go on. Say you're sorry.
2: Sorry? Let him go, Steve. Leave him. He's only an old man. Fuck
3: off, you! It's not good enough. Lick me feet. Go on, lick me feet. Go on.
1: It's a grim time the 80s up North it, and it, it appalls you yeah. and it appalls you to see it even being fictionalized. It yeah. appalls you that somebody could be so uncaring. Yeah. Or 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 so uh, unbothered by the fact that their their child has become a hooligan. Yeah. that they would rather basically set the dogs on some old man who's coming to the door to say, can you do something about yeah. it? Now, he, should, okay, he shouldn't have gone on his own and everything like that. But nevertheless, it, I mean, you know, you like to think in a reasonable society mm. people will talk about things. Yeah. But the brutal reality of life is that it don't work like that. Yeah. I, mean, really don't, early I mean,
0: in the 80s Newcastle, I lived there and mm. it was super dodgy. I mean, we lived in the worst district in Newcastle. We lived in Benwell. Mm my dad mm-hmm. decided to take um take up a parish that was a difficult parish um you know for the i guess for the yeah. it was his first job as a vicar i think he he'd just he'd been a curate before that and mm. it was one of the most difficult parishes imaginable with so much poverty i mean 1981 was when he took it on and i honestly that was just the height of unemployment and just it, i remember me and my sister anna it was just dangerous for us to go out and you'd think there would be mm. certain roads you wouldn't go down we remember once watching people coming towards our house, nipping between gravestones as they were coming mm. towards our house in order to rob it. Um, we were burgled three times in the space of nine months
1: um, mm.
0: because they thought we had lots of money because it was a vicarage. Um, but mm. what they didn't know was vicars had no pay and nothing to furnish the house with, so there's nothing to steal. Mm. <laughs> no, but it was just it was a it was a. It rough, just looked like a big house. Yeah, so. just a rough time. One thing I wanted to mention in the series that I think is brilliant and it's one of my bugbears about the eighties being realized on TV. And it's they did it brilliantly, is the scene in the Civic Centre, where they've got mm. the Support the Miners event, is that mm. the nineteen eighty-four fashion looked more like late 70s fashion. And this is okay. something that they never get right in drama. What they always do is they do all 80s, was all leg warmers, it was all rah-rah skirts, and it was <laughs> immediately, and it wasn't, because people had these old clothes from the 70s. And I think the costume designer, I don't know who it was, whoever it was, brilliantly depicted 1984 in the clothes, in that, mm. in those, that dancing at the party scene. I just couldn't believe how well that was done, because it's never, it's never done right.
1: I think you could you could argue as well that um, maybe this is because uh, to a certain extent metropolitan life uh, is usually a couple of years ahead of yes the, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the rest of the country yeah. so actually things trickle through a lot slower yeah you're right so actually people I mean people I mean you know people in the in the north in 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 Manchester in in, in Birmingham to a certain extent you know Scotland whatever would would have been slightly Behind you know, the they'd curve. still be wearing yeah. their old clothes because there wasn't the money to buy yeah, new clothes for Certainly start, wasn't it? but also yeah. there wasn't you know so actually clothes had to last long so in in the real world they did yeah you no know, you, you you wore a pair of jeans i mean in many ways this is where the first round of ripped jeans came yes in. i mean you know it it, it wasn't as necessarily as, as 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 a fashion statement as you just kept wearing them because <laughs> yeah you know um you, didn't have you choice. couldn't afford a new pair you know yeah
0: also just want to mention uh, the Civic Centre which is where the miners event is held. Okay. That was one of the jewels in T. Dan Smith's crown. That with with the seahorses on the top. That is like oh, one okay. of his legacies. It's the other thing he he got built and he did wow. for the, for the good of Newcastle. But um I went to one event there which was um weirdly considering my bigger connections with Sweden recently um I mean, it was a Swedish mm. Santa Lucia event for the Swedish population of the northeast, which I had a friend mm. who whose parents were Swedish, so I went there for that, but that's the only time I've ever been inside the civic centre. Oh, OK. Gosh. Wow. Anyway, um, one scene that I wanted to pick out, which I thought was crucial, is early on in the episode, it's a scene between Nikki and Mary, and it's about how she does a can I say something thing. <laughs> I can't do that. <laughs> but... Um, And they talk about and they (laughs) talk about the way they were in the past and how. Yes. And he says he didn't have the answer. He didn't even have the question. And he's really honest Mm. about how flawed he was when he was young. Mm. But but he kind of is on the verge of knowing something more and being on on Mm. track for something better. But he doesn't reach it ever. And yeah. I feel
1: twenty years into the story, and he still hasn't grown up, is what we're saying.
0: Well, I don't know whether it. If you, mm. I think you think when you reach whatever age they are in eighty-four. What is it? They mm. are about
1: um, twenty years older than sixty-four, so they'd be forty. Forty.
0: When they're for, when you're forty, you start to think, "Oh, well, I've got, I've got my handle on this now." And then, <laughs> like, did you? Yeah, oh, well, I think so a bit. You know, you think it in a way, but then you quickly mm. realise you haven't. And, and it's just that sort of I thought it was a perfect 40 year old sort of conversation between them both that was mm. like oh we're, we're a bit older and wiser now and it's like yeah but actually mm. wait 10 years and we'll see what fuck ups we've done
2: <laughs> in New Orleans
3: in New Orleans that's right remember me <laughs> I was 20 and I came back ready to change the world I knew the answer I knew it democracy Austin Donoghue, the Labour Party. (laughs) I think back ten years to the shit I used to come out with about the Heath government being, you know, being fascist and I think, Christ Nicky, you know, all you actually wanted was power, really. (laughs) Anyway, 20 years later, here it was again in Salvador. The poorest people in the world being crushed and cheated by armed thugs paid for by Uncle Sam. Except this time they were allowed to vote as much as they liked because the political parties were owned by American business interests and if you don't like it, you get a bullet in the back of your head. But hey, it's democracy, you know?
2: So nothing had changed? Only worse?
3: No. I had. I had. Because this time I wasn't 20 and I knew I didn't have the answer. Nor even the question, Mary.
1: Anything else on 84? You get this whole uh, sequence in the House House of Commons, where Eddie uh, comes up against um, Claudia. Claudia, and ultimately he refuses to withdraw, yes. calling her a liar yeah. because she's been telling lies. Isn't refuses, isn't, it Jones? isn't it Milton Johns?
0: Isn't it Milton Johns as the as the speaker? Um, n- I think it's to the chapel. Oh, it's not uh, Milton Johns
1: it's um, oh, what's his name um, Peter Halliday
0: oh Peter Halliday yeah I always get them mixed up of mm. Peter Halliday Packer mm. Packer
1: yeah Packer yeah Packer bang your
0: gavel Packer <laughs> <laughs> I must mention talking about other people who are in this um, mm. did you spot dubadat in the earlier episodes as Frisch <laughs> uh, um,
1: Dubadat from Fortunes of War uh, of Mark Frisch the creepy guy well hadn't I hadn't the made sex shot. yeah anyway But there is a hell of a cast in here, you've got to be honest. We should should give a nod to that because some of the people who turn up, you think, oh, God, yeah. You know, know? we do have all this humanity and brutality and everything like that. But actually, through this, we do get one moment of humanity, which is, of course, where, where Anthony steps up to defend the man oh, yes, are, course. Yeah, yeah. are uh, going to be um, uh, well, prosecuted uh, with, with, with as much of the law as, as the hideous Tories wish to bring upon them, even though <clears throat> it turns out that they were <coughs> provoked into... Well, they, they weren't actually doing what the police were saying they were doing. And he actually stands up as the noble policeman, which after six episodes of police corruption...
0: It's important, yeah.
1: You know, he is a good copper amongst all you know all the rotten apples, as it were, and that you know could be seen as one good thing that's come out of Tosca and Mary's relationship. Yeah. And also, this episode does end with uh, Nicky and Mary getting together. Yeah. At last, so that sort of drives the plot of the next. I mean, it doesn't. Obviously, it doesn't last, but it it it, <laughs> it, it, dri- it drives yeah. the uh, it does drive the, um, the the plot for the rest of it. And uh, I just really wanted to say, Claudia in the House of Commons is is monstrous. Yeah, she's truly monstrous. And uh, again, okay. uh, if if you if you were starting to have any faith, of course, in humanity and politics, it's not going to come from episode seven. <laughs> <laughs> no, indeed. So we move on. Yes, to 87.
0: which in terms of events, it's kind of pinned around the stock market crash and the great storm of 87, which Michael Fish assured us wasn't going to happen. (laughs) Mm. Yes, but I don't think they're kind of incidental. I mean, the stock market crash isn't incidental in terms of Tosca and Elaine, but I feel like of all the episodes, it feels less anchored in a way than some others.
1: It's interesting to me that I think if you actually, if you were wanting to write a drama... Yeah, and uh, set in the nineteen eighties. Now, what were the the two big political or, or or physical events of that era? You would probably say, un- unless you actually decided to concentrate on the downfall of Thatcher, which I think I think is actually still a bit later than that. Yeah. Basically, the hurricane and the miners' strike are up there, aren't they? Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. It's, so you've it's, got it's, two, it's two episodes right set in the eighties. Yeah. You know. So you've got to tie it to that. Mm. But of course if you're going to use the hurricane as your your sort of you know, focal point, you better make sure you use it.
0: Yes, and boy do they use it at the episode end, don't they? Yeah. They do indeed. Yes. Yeah. Poor old Eddie Wells.
1: Ah, yes.
0: So one of the scenes yes. I really want to pull out is you get brilliant characterization here of um, Elaine and I, I'm calling him Terry in my notes, obviously I believe <laughs> it's worked, I'm calling him Terry now, um, Terry the tosser yeah, that they they lose everything with that stock market crash, having yes. her having decided, it's clever her having thought, come mm. on, no we're not doing these things I'm not doing this house mm. scheme because Mary talks them, tells her what it's about And she's really angry with him and she threatens to leave in that one scene, doesn't she, unless he... Yes. And there's that brilliant scene where suddenly there's silence and then they're still in the house and she hasn't gone. And and they agree to forge a new path together. But then there's the stock market crash and she suggested they all, you know, she suggested they put it into all that. And then her decision has been bad. And Mm. then because they've both had failures, it's kind of like there's an equality and then they decide totally to do things together from now
1: on.
2: What are we going to do?
1: You're going to have to learn to pull pints of beer. We're going to sell this house, scrape together everything we've got, and buy a couple of pubs, karaoke.
2: I can do
1: it. We'll do it together this time, eh? Yeah. Do we do we think that, that, that Tosca is, is a character who is just he's he's not so much bad as he's just an opportunist and he, he actually wants to do the right thing but keeps on doing the wrong thing. I think or, he's, just are, a bit, we... he's
0: just a bit thick as well.
1: Right, okay. I do think there's an element of that. But um, mm. yeah, he's got good. And he's in, he's, he's good got good
0: intentions. He's a chancer. He's got good he's intentions, chancer, though, hasn't
1: yeah. he? Well, that's just the thing, because I mean, ultimately, uh, he doesn't see anything wrong in, in the, the being the hideous uh, slum landlord until it's pointed out to him. Yeah, you know. But equally, she doesn't. I mean, you have this scene, which in many other dramas, where she's flinging the stuff, that w- that would be the end of their relationship. But actually, they do. They sit down and talk.
0: Yeah, and yeah. they say we can do it together this time. And there's that key bit where he puts the phone down on Alan Rowe, who's calling. And that's the really clear indication that, yeah, he's committing to, to this partnership. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliantly written. And I, I, Tracy Wilkinson is brilliant. I mean, I think she's every bit stands up to, to Mark Strong as being just as strong and just as strong, just as Hmm. talented. And I'm
1: just surprised we haven't seen her in more things. Anyway. Well, but well, that, that, again, happens quite a lot, doesn't it? Yeah. You know, in, 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 in things generally. The, the, you know, the, the, the uh, things don't necessarily fall where, they, where they're most deserved, you know? Mm. <laughs> yeah. So the other thing about 87 is, of course, Nicky's downfall, really, and how hideous he becomes. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. Well, he's, yes. I mean, where the, where the, there's this thread, basically, through the episode where he is having this affair with this student. Yeah, she is a, a student who's interested in because he's become quite a high profile photographer now, and she's a photography student, so she is looking into into writing a thesis on him, and yeah. uh, he take he takes full advantage of that situation, and then she is when when she moves on. Uh, he, he he sort of tries to get back with her. Oh, it's that is such a pathetic scene. Oh, it's brilliant, I mean, that. brilliantly pathetic. But, it's yeah, so brilliant. He is just so pathetic as a person. Yeah, yeah,
0: it's so cringeworthy. And the fact is, he's wearing that really loud blue shirt at the time. Now, there's, there's <laughs> a story behind the shirts, and apparently, Peter Flannery back in the day then used to wear colourful shirts, um, and he mm. was about that age um, when Our Friends was made, and. Yeah. Eccleston desperately wanted to wear the same shirts as Peter <laughs> Flannery in the drama because he recognised that Nicky was was part of Flannery's character and um, mm. the sort of more pathetic side, I think. And um, yeah, that so that was a deliberate wink at how Flannery used to wear these colourful shirts <laughs> when he was um, an idiot.
1: Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, we all we all have our periods of idiocy. Yes. Mine started about six months ago. <laughs>
0: what when you started this podcast
1: <laughs>
0: wow, wow. Um, no, no 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 but no. it's no. really hard to like nicky from now on isn't it it's really hard to you can understand him because everyone's flawed in their own way but it's because he doesn't like there's that scene where mary says why don't you like me anymore why don't you like yourself anymore and i think that that's the nail on the head isn't it he, and again Flannery's brilliant writing He rec- she recognises that it's not just that he doesn't like her he doesn't like himself mm. and he, he's lost he's utterly lost yeah. isn't he
2: Eddie remained loyal to the party even when it expelled him he may not be sober or logical but he's steadfast who exactly are you to criticise loyalty in others eh you've stood by and watched me drown in the problems of this job and you've given me nothing why Why? Stop walking away from me. Nikki. please, don't walk away from me. But if you're gonna walk, then walk. Keep walking. Just keep walking.
1: What does that mean? He is he's, he's, well he is a lost soul yeah. and again it's interesting because the um within this episode you kind of get uh, Geordie as a completely lost soul but in many ways uh the, the two they are both as lost as each other uh I mean Geordie is uh actually physically lost in the sense that he is an alcoholic living on the streets by this stage, yeah. which, which compares uh, quite uh, interestingly with his, his line in that earlier episode where he said about nobody should have to live on the yeah. railway bridge. But um, here, uh, Nicky, in his, um, his career, is, is photographing the homeless in London uh, in that, and, and actually comes across Geordie, who doesn't recognise him, and then loses him. Yeah. So he's, he's, you know, actually lost and um, and spends a lot of time trying to find him again, you
0: know. and I find that really interesting because I, I wonder about that quest for Geordie that he he has, and what that mm. is about. It's kind of like that's the only thing that drives him at this point is finding Geordie, mm. and yet I don't believe that it's necessarily about finding Geordie is it about doing something good? is that all he can it's it's an act to that <sighs> well.
1: Is it? I mean, is it? Is it a self-serving thing, really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, this this is a question that's always asked of many people. It's the, it's that moral high ground thing. It's that yeah. you know, you know, I want to be able to say, oh, look at the good I'm doing, yeah. not necessarily the the actual good they're doing, but to be seen to be doing something. Yeah. Exactly. And that's a, a very interesting take generally on 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 the motivations of a lot of people, you know. Yeah. Because ultimately. Photographing the homeless, photographing you know bad things happening around the world, has made a very comfy living for for Nikki as a photographer. If you see what I mean, yeah. Um, and so you you could argue that who benefits more, really? You know, yeah. And and that's what one of those uh, again. If you go right back to the all even in in the sixties episodes where you know the people who are wanting to build houses for the homeless but they're actually lining their own pockets and and whether that is a you know that's sort of hand in glove whether that's the thing does a person trying to do good always really benefit for themselves you know Geordie it's Nicky.
3: come with me Geordie come on
2: you want to stay with me don't you Geordie
3: you can come She can come. Come on, Geordie. Geordie, come on. Come on. Hey, leave him alone.
2: Leave him alone. Leave him alone. Leave him alone.
1: I just want to help. We find him as as a viewer, living in a hostel. Yeah. And uh, he is he is you know uh, an alcoholic, Uh, but he's he's living in this hostel. And uh, Eddie Wells comes on the television. Oh yes and and they're, they're, the other people want to watch the football or whatever it is and he says, no, I know him. And of course, being the nature of, of, of Trump's people who, who meet in the street who, or who sort of say, I know Napoleon, you know, yeah. or whatever, people tend just not to take them seriously yeah. because we know he does actually know him. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's actually got this corruption going on, corruption campaign going on, and he wants to burn everything down. And Geordie <laughs> takes messages from the television. Yeah. And think, and literally thinks takes this literally and sets fire to his bed. Yeah. In the hostel. For which he is then prosecuted. Yeah, with the most horrendous and, sentence. Yeah. And gets a ridiculously over the top sentence for the public safety or whatever. Yeah. And so a character that we've been following for now for twenty three years it really seems to have come to our... A, a, shall we say an end that their, their, their story seems to have come to an end in the sense that they're going to be locked up for the rest of their life yeah in prison because of setting fire to a bed yeah. which most people who deal with that case find outrageous but it's allowed to stand yeah.
0: so. and there's that there's that darkly comic um moment as well when he's being interviewed about is what he's done and he said um why did you set fire to your bed and he said well the Labour Party told me to do it and then he says perhaps that's why no one voted for them or something perhaps <laughs> that's, that's why they didn't want. it's just brilliant yeah. Yeah. oh but poor old Geordie and then he, he gets so institutionalised that when the storm comes and he has the chance to escape he just he just gets back in, gets, the, back van. in the van oh yeah. that is such a powerful
1: moment it's like oh god he's because he... he can't really think of anywhere else to be no you know and to be fair, you could you could say that you know it's actually considering what's going on in the middle of this hurricane, it's possibly the safest place to be as well. Yeah, so. no. But <laughs> yeah. isn't
0: Daniel Craig amazing as older, yeah. battered Geordie? I mean, yeah. I think whatever you, th- that, I mean, that, that
1: brooding presence.
0: You yeah. Know, I mean, you, yeah. And what he does with yeah. his lips and his face, I mean, he becomes really mm-hmm. ugly. And mm. I mean, you, you know, arguably Daniel Craig. Bloody attractive guy, you know, and yet he somehow manages to become super ugly for Geordie And it's not just makeup; it's how he moves his face and what he does. And mm. yeah, it's so
1: so clever. There's hope for all of us, is what you're saying. If we hold our faces in the right, <laughs> we too can be as pretty as Daniel Craig. Yes, yeah.
0: we we are all we are all Bond. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Not when I was
3: a lad, set far to a factory. Did this factory have people in it? Things in it? No, it was derelict. And why did you do that? Watch the fire bobbies. The... Fire bobbies. Fire brigade. Were
2: you... Were you doing
1: this alone?
3: Me and Nicky. Well, (laughs) he ran away, actually, before they came.
0: It's just a little fire.
3: In a bin. Have there been other times when you've set fires? A gang always set fire to this guy once. When was this, Geordie? Bonfire night. (laughs)
0: <laughs> okay, eighty-seven. What else have we got to say?
1: Uh, well, of course, this um, is the episode which ends uh, Eddie Eddie's uh, story. Yeah, he is betrayed, isn't he? There is because he, he's he's running this parliamentary inquiry, and it turns out that his assistant is <clears throat> a plant. Yeah.
0: Oh yeah, Not can I just, just can I just point. say about this that um, mm. there's a really clever bit of dialogue that it's only clever on reflection, where he says that the um, he says about the Tories having their hands up the um, up the skirts, and mm. he's saying it in front of this woman Francine who actually mm. is sleeping with a Tory guy at that point. Yes. He actually apologises to her, and says I'm sorry, love, for being indelicate, mm. and she's actually doing that at that moment so it's like oh wow clever scripting
2: mm.
0: yes and you have and you have Nikki, who's Nikki criticising Eddie for becoming a complacent Labour politician and yes. being pathetic sticking his tongue out at the opposition and not actually yes. achieving anything
1: yeah but there's you know there's an awful lot there's an awful lot of fuzzy logic on display generally in terms of, of the politics in this, but uh, you know but the 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 the, fas- the fascinating thing is of course then Neddy decides his his day is done he's going to retire and of course, uh, basically dies in the hurricane outside the Houses of Parliament, yeah. um, uh, has a heart attack and in the midst of all this and all these papers flying around and everything like that and, it, and that's kind of very, very sort of very very poignant um it is. is is it also got something to do um
0: with literary illusions is it is it pathetic fallacy
1: oh could just be hubris but
0: um i don't know it's uh, it, it,
1: it's interesting that's it's kind of interesting that's thought.
0: attributing human feelings and responses to um things mm. but like it's like the weather is kind of relating to his state of mind and it's kind of that sort of feeling that they they that the storm is kind of like a maelstrom of his, of everything he's done or achie- or hasn't achieved. I don't know. It just feels like there's a connection, and somehow that kills him. I don't know. It's confusing emotionally. That,
1: but well, you also get this this thing on the estate where where um, the the is it the kid, who was tormenting Felix? Yeah, Chris Collins. Uh, yeah, yeah. So he grows up and there is this incident. Yeah. And the police have decided this is a no go area. Yeah, and so they, they won't turn around. Follow him in. Yeah. But they see a gun, and, so, and even though it's an air gun, Chris is shot and, and screams, I want me dad.
0: Yes, now isn't that interesting? Because uh, oh, this is this been... father and son's thing. Father and son's yes. throughout this is such that's a key right. thing.
2: I want me dad! I want me dad!
0: Should we go in the '95
1: then? I think so. The final episode. Yes. Night,
2: He'll never do do. Never fail like
0: so let's talk about Sean Collins and his um his part in this story, the little kid. Can I just tell you a bit hmm. of background on that? The idea originally, and I hate to make allusions to GBH, but I'm going to, the original yes. idea for the final episode was that it was going to be a big riot episode in Newcastle and okay. with, with fire and everything. But they had to cut it, because we know why, because they had to reshoot episode one. So yeah. all of the budget for the episode was cut. And effectively, mm-hmm. they had to have the story of sean collins um was the small scale version of this is society Mm. story um Mm. the little kid who would stick your knife stick his knife in geordie's leg and give us five pooned um Mm. and i'm not sure that's a bad bad thing it's what i'm going to start off by saying i think it's really good that they made a small scale thing because Mm. the poignancy of that relationship with with his father and how he sits there waiting for a crumb of recognition yes. from his dad and Geordie intervening and not caring about his own safety because he understands the need for a father and oh it's mm. so brilliantly done. I'll just play a bit of that yeah. scene in now.
1: What do you want? Huh? You're deaf. Asked you a question.
3: He doesn't want money. He doesn't want money. Who the fuck are ye? Tell him something. What, like? Who the fuck are ye? Talk to him, Sean. Sean,
1: say what you want to say and then get out.
2: Did it hurt when they shot you, dead?
1: I haven't got time for
3: this. Go and talk to your mother. <laughs> Why can't he talk to you? You keep your gobs shut. Who the fuck are ye anyway? Just talk to the kid, man. It's not much. Sean, I'm losing me temper. What do you want?
2: <laughs> got to go look for your dad.
3: <sighs> Get in the hotel, chuck me in. You don't walk away. Okay? You just don't walk away.
2: I. <clears throat> you get home now.
1: Is <sighs> that like just talk to him? Yeah. yeah, that just talk to him and don't is, walk is, away. Is so yeah, again and and if and if and if you've been paying attention, of course, it sort of goes right back to episode one. Yeah. and um, and his own relationship with his own father as well. And um, yeah, it it is it is fascinating that 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 second part does start to close those loops. Yeah, you know, the second part of the story starts to close. And those it, loops And it
0: does succeed in doing that. I think there's very few dramas where you feel like they come full circle and they close and end well. But I think our friends largely does. In the mm. only way that it can, as we've already alluded in our previous episode, mm. that it's, it's difficult to close something off when you know that it's just going to carry on
1: with history repeating itself and it's going to be more of oh, the yeah. same. Well, yeah, history, history repeats generation after yeah. generation after generation.
0: New labour yeah. will be old labour and all that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: But also, also, I mean, you know, we, we start to see how connected lives are you know, throughout decades, you know, yeah. people you grow up with can can crop up time and again, and everything like that. Um, of course, it begins with Florrie Hutchinson has 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 died in the interim, and of course, Felix is now gone. Yeah. Uh, completely, in in terms of his dementia, in terms of his Alzheimer's, and um, and that is that is such a hard heartbreaking uh, storyline. It is, and it's brilliant, brilliantly acted. You know, anybody who who sort of thinks oh, they may have a future and, and and that might be it, it's terrifying. You know, the, the way that, that nurses have to, you know, wipe his arse and yeah. all this kind of thing, which which again, fearless from uh, Peter Vaughan, yeah, to, to play those scenes. Oh, you know, I mean, you could argue, yeah, you, know, you just have to stand there, but it's it's fearless, fearless stuff. Yeah, and uh, and and Nicky has come home from Italy, where he's yeah. been living, uh, and he spent after the death of his mother, he spends a certain amount of time trying, desperately to reconnect with with Felix. Yeah, and 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 fundamentally, he he makes efforts, uh, by by means of those, by means of using the Jarrow Marches as a as a connection point yeah. between them, and he finds a woman who, who uh, is Mrs. Warboys. <laughs> yes, Mrs. Warboys from *One Foot in the Grey. <laughs> she always will be. Yes, yeah, her. Yeah. So uh, Doreen Mantle. Yeah. it's Mrs. Wilson actually. Who? Um, who was basically remembers him yeah. from when he was a child in uh, you know, in terms of or when he was a young man on the march. She remembers from when she was a child and things her father and she has written a letter. And and Nick, Nicky tries to reconnect Felix to the long distance past, and tries to explain that the Jarrow Marches weren't a failure, hmm. and he wasn't. A, he's trying for, for the desperation. I I think people do feel this with with Alzheimer's yeah. generally is the desperation for some recognition, some memory, of, yeah, and 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 to just find anything where the old per, the the person they knew even resurface it. I mean, their, their relationship was always difficult, yeah. but something of the real... He wanted his father... I mean, again, this is father and son's thing, but he wanted his father to take back that thing about him being useless, yes. which was all those episodes ago. But he also said it again
0: uh, while he had Alzheimer's. He said, you're useless. You've mm. always been
1: useless. Yeah. 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 And, and it, it ultimately, through this process, Nicky gets absolutely no redemption whatsoever. He really doesn't. It it, it it it's brutal, you know. Mrs. Wilson
3: was a little girl when the marcher stopped for the midday meal in this village. She remembers a very young man. Oh, suffering, Ellis says.
2: I says, oh, he says, oh, Felix, have you come all this way? I'm the king. <laughs> <laughs> <Dad>. <laughs>
3: Listen a minute. We've come to Yorkshire, to a village called Dowley. This is Mrs Wilson. She remembers a song and a very young man whose shoes were worn through. I think Florrie read you what she remembers, did she? Oh, she says. And he says, oh, Felix, your feet, they must be red raw. I says, red raw? You, you, you can see that flipping thing, the, the, the crown on it, on, 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 on,
1: on, the, when the thing, when the, when watch it, the what's it, you, 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 see, see.
3: I don't think he's going to remember. I think he will. Dad, and the king came
0: up and he says, I will lift you my royal carriage. Dad, <laughs> shh, shh. <laughs> It's brutal, but I also think it, it's brilliant in that, you know, what happens is that felix's response is to defecate and while well, he sat there and and nicky then says you bastard and all this stuff in the car home but he's he's very hard on felix and the, the fact is that i think it's great in a way that felix does that it's the brilliant way of ending that scene because it's i think it's a very important message about dementia that you can't control that you can't actually expect anything because that's not what this disease is about and it's it's, it's an important message, I think. It's bleak, really bleak. Yeah. But...
1: And it closes off as well, doesn't it? I mean, the thing about episode nine yeah. is you do get the closure of all four stories to yeah. a lesser yeah, or greater do. extent, yeah. you know. And uh, and ultimately, I mean, Felix has been there since episode one. Uh, so that, you know... And, and we don't even... We don't... In the end, we don't even see Felix's, you know, end. No. You know? It, it, this this situation with him, he, uh, Nicky says he oh, he's going to stay here now and look after Felix. Yes. But but we we don't see how that unfolds, yeah. and it's going to be un. We know it's going to be unpleasant. It might be unpleasant for some years. It might be unpleasant for you know days. You just don't know. you yeah. know. The the horrible realization that you two could get this. Yeah. Or you two could become like this makes it a very very painful watch. Yes, right? absolutely. And, um, yeah. Um, And 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 heartbreaking in its way, Um, especially you know when that becomes the end of, of of Nikki's storyline. Apart from, the one thing which I I think we'll come to later. Mm. In the same episode, we get Mary and Anthony's. uh, Oh yeah, and
0: Anthony. Honestly, there's an argument that that Anthony is kind of created by a situation of his parents and a broken home and sort of thing. But he's honestly, he's such mm. a little turd. He's so sort of like, mm. he he's the biggest projector of anyone. And I don't like projectors, people in life who blame everyone mm. else for everything that, that happens to them, to them and their own decisions. Mm. And he, he basically, first of all, he has a go at Mary for, um, for the existence of Sean Collins, not her fault. Mm. And also for being mm. New Labour being sort of like centrist, well, it has mm. to be in order to get voted in, to be quite honest. Um, and mm. then for his own marriage, which he's going to leave his
1: wife, and it's her fault somehow. Mary is supposed to be going to Tosca's big night, which is the, the culmination of Tosca's storyline, and instead <laughs> of having her night yes. out, <laughs> this this um, this Anthony comes and basically. There is a stripper tells Horrendously. Yeah, Yeah.
0: I'm going to play a bit of that in.
2: You've got to take responsibility for your own mistakes, Anthony. I'll stand by you like I always have, but it's you!
3: I don't want you to stand by me!
2: What do you want?
3: Nothing that you can give us. I don't want what you give us! I don't want sacrifice! I don't want your tears. I've had them all my life. You were never happy, Mother. That's what I wanted. I, I want you to stop crying. I want you to put a smile on your face. That's what I wanted. I didn't have a mother. I had a martyr.
0: And that's why I went and married one the same. Go to the party. Go to the party. And. There's definitely a part of this intended by Peter Flannery that she was kind of this very Catholic figure who, who mm. represents um, sadness and martyrdom, mm. and mm. Anthony saying, "I want you to, you know, to live and be happy," but she's been very selflessly giving all these years, and particularly to him over the years, really tried to mm. help him, and he throws it all back in her face, and it's just, it's 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 hard.
1: It's an interesting parallel with because actually, if when he goes on about yeah, I didn't want your sacrifice. I didn't. I wanted. I didn't want him um, I wanted a mother, not a martyr. Right. It's it's fascinating to me that when you when you actually sort of look at that and with the parallel with what's going on with Sean, is actually if she treated him like he says he wanted to be treated, he would probably have ended up being one of the Seans. Yeah, the exactly. Because he certainly
0: enough. was on that path for a while, wasn't he? What what I what I really struggle with I think in terms of Mary in this last episode is that it's not made clear enough that she's an MP and that she's hugely successful and she's done brilliantly. Um, mm. As Eddie suggested, she could be a really successful Labour MP. He actually said that you know you could be the leader of the Labour Party, which is something mm. she hasn't achieved as of yet. Yeah. But
1: I'm assuming she she took his seat. Yeah.
0: Yeah, After exactly. The, and yeah, she's down yeah, at the... Uh, yeah. Flory says in the letter, she's down at the yeah. Commons all the time. But um, it's interesting mm. that she has that success, and yet she's depicted mm. as as an incomplete. And I wonder whether there's a bit of sexism going on in the in narrative here. And if a woman had been writing it, I do wonder if that depiction would have been slightly different. And it, it, would, have, it would have been nicer to have a more of a sort of like fulfilling... End to her, and particularly in terms of the Nikki stuff, let, I'm just gonna say it now. I mean I think she should have turned him down. <laughs> I'm sorry, I've, I've had it with you. I'd rather have some you know, no, not having it. You've had your chance, mate,
1: you know. But Well he had his chance in nineteen sixty four. She was ready to go to New Orleans then. And she kicked and she kicked him out in was it eighty yeah. seven? So I mean yeah, you know, he's had he's had two he chances had, already.
0: Yeah, and you've got a gut now. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, yeah, and and of course, you know, let's face it, you know, um, he was he was a bit toxic in terms of politics anyway. <laughs> yeah,
0: I mean, I just think, I just think she should have been more empowered by this point due to her life experiences. Mm. But then, mm. I mean, as Flannery says about her, he's another part; she's another part of him. And he says he's mm. all of. But yeah, this, is, uh, this part of her. This was, is
1: what still twenty five years ago, though, isn't it? So can we could could we argue that you know the woman's lot in ninety five. Was probably still not what it could be. I don't think so. No, I don't. No.
0: Anyway, we should move on to talk about um, what is perhaps the most pleasing storyline culmination, which is Tosca and Elaine.
1: Well, we 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 see at the beginning, don't we? We see a boat that's being observed by Geordie, and and this boy who's trying to mug him, even though he's got bugger all. And uh, this boat turns out to be Tosca's salvation, his his big new po- uh, uh, project, and the, it's it's very nearly their opening yeah, night. Eight
0: years of working in the pubs has got them to this, and mm. and this actually becomes a wonderfully fulfilling thing for for um, Tosca as he he finally gets <laughs> finally gets to play as a member of a covers band, and that's the culmination of everything he's ever wanted. <laughs> But the, the thing is, he ne- nearly misses on his chance, doesn't he? Because because Geordie turns about the blue and they have a reunion. And he is brilliant on keyboards. And Tosca's almost robbed of his chance for this. And it's just brilliant that it doesn't happen. That's
2: more like
0: it. Huh?
2: What's your name? Geordie. All right, and Geordie. Let's go. Tosca.
3: Well, you want a job or not?
1: One, two, three, four. You do see Geordie on, on keyboards throughout, actually. I was realising this. You do just have moments, ah. when I was going through my notes, where he's, he's tickling at yeah. a piano and stuff. Because, because again, when you think about it, that if he'd stayed in sixty. Yeah. For or instead of running away mm-hmm. to London, and and they'd stuck with the band. Maybe they could have become the animals themselves. Yeah. You never yeah. know. It's kind of, it, it is kind of that sort of is there really as as a as a sort of ongoing mm-hmm. storyline. You know, but of course, Ge- Geordie, you know has this moment of being wonderful. Yeah. You know, in, with playing with this band, and then again gets terrified and buggers yeah. off because
0: he can't stick at anything because his character's change, but you do get this wonderful wonderful they did it moment and they're so like little kids when they find out they've got the certificate and they can do them night and it's a lovely ending for them Yeah, and just, despite everything he's the happiest isn't he in the end Tosca and he kind of has found his place more than anyone else
2: you do it Tosca
0: it's what you've always
2: wanted And you deserve it.
1: Sorry, lads. Can you stop with me? Okay. So we
0: should talk about the scene which is so important, which is together again after the funeral, where they're all in the house and it's it's just hanging around, that difficult sort of moment where you're all about to leave but no one ever quite leaves first and it's all protracted. And then there's the moment where Tosca comes back in because he's forgotten one of the Ben's coats, as he says. And there's that moment where the four of them just stand looking at each other. And Mary puts her teacup down, and Nikki looks over and smiles, and Geordie turns to the piano. And it's just, oh, that scene is just.
1: And, and a, nast- a nastier piece of direction would have had sudden flashback scenes. Oh, yes. Or... <laughs> where you got scenes from oh, the entire series.
0: And, and I think yes. it's played just right. And I don't. I like the fact that there's no dialogue. It means we can't play a scene in because it would just be silent. But um, but it's just.
1: It's, it's also why you couldn't play in the uh, hurricane scene in the last one because it's just lots of <laughs> <Yes. all over. laughs>
0: I'm tempted just to play wind in. <laughs> you see if I don't. But um, yeah. but I think I've said. I think I don't know whether I've said it to you on this before. But it's. I have this thing with my two sisters um, who are very different. Mm. I love them both very much but in different it's a different relationship and the three of us have never kind of really ever spent any time together but i always Ooh. think of our friends in the north and that scene whenever the three of us are together in a room and there's no one else there it's really weird and i i always call it an our friends in the north <laughs> moment uh, because of this scene and i always waiting for someone to come in or one of them to leave so that it won't be that anymore and it's really mm. funny because what we're about to do, the three of us, is record a World Enough and Time episode with the three of us. Mm-hmm. And that is so weird because we've never, ever done anything together. So I'm really interested to see how that will work. But um,
1: Have you picked an episode yet? Is it going to be a Chris Eccleston one? <laughs> no, to? no.
0: I mean, I think it'll have already gone out <laughs> by now. Yeah, it went, out. it went out a few weeks ago, Mask of Mandragora. So anyway. Anyways, so... Ending, you have that superb mm. moment of glory in that they chose "Look Back" at, don't look back in anger um, as the end mm. music, and it just so happened in the zeitgeist that, that 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 song went to number one in the week that it was transmitted. So you had that happy mm. accident, and that song for me sums up the series and an attitude. It's about, it's about looking at the future, but also not looking back in anger at everything that's happened, and it's just. Brilliantly chosen.
2: You said that you'll never be, but all the things that you've seen slowly fade away. So i started a revolution from my brain Cause you said the brains I had went to mind. My...
1: So so what what do we make of it as a whole? Do you think it was eight million quid well spent? Oh, yeah super well spent. You know, on the whole, it's not cheery, but it's it's bloody good. You know, I mean, I I will watch it again now. I mean, that's well not now, but I mean, I will I will watch it again because I like Claudius. Every so often, you just feel, oh, it's time to watch that. Yes, and I've always
0: had that relationship (laughs) with it for the last twenty four years. So I think that's probably about the possibly the seventh or eighth time I've seen it. Um, and it's just I something had on video, and as soon as I got the, the DVD, I saw the back of the DVD. I couldn't believe it. The back of the DVD said normally forty nine pounds ninety nine, sale price twenty four ninety <laughs> nine. I'm like forty nine ninety nine, flip.
1: Yeah. But that was M- more things change. You know. We've gone back to sixties prices, lad. <laughs> it was a, it was three shillings. Yes. No. Um, no. Uh, it, it, it but no it, it is it's uh, it, it it's it is a fascinating uh, work and it and it, in many ways what it just proves time and again which which we, we probably don't need proving, is that history repeats itself yes. and and you know there's there is actually uh there are there are there are good very good UK TV dramas out there and you know <laughs> when you when you when because sometimes they do get forgotten about you know or they don't get quite the same coverage. You know, the profile yeah. as, as some others. And yet, you know, when you actually dive in there you realise how just how absolutely fabulous they yeah. are and it, it's a great it's a great piece of British television drama and um yeah, uh, to be admired and 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 loved. I would say that
0: it's been a different experience watching it at forty eight, um, because yes. I'm now the age well, things I'm are. now the age that They are at the end, which is something I never probably thought I would be. But
1: you get that with books, though, don't you? I mean, this is the thing: you can you can read a book at one age, you can read a book at a different age, and in many ways, it it is a television novel, for want of a better word.
0: But vainly, I Um, would like to declare that I think I look better than they do at (laughs) forty-eight. So tick. We finished Our Friends in the North. Oh, yeah, it
1: gets a big recommendation from the old A to Z podcast. Absolutely, Absolutely. yes. Uh, in fact,
0: we, we so, recommend uh, everything we've watched so far, bar one. <laughs> <laughs> I can't remember what one that was. No, it's gone. No, but
1: that's, that's the one that gets you in all the bother. Well, it? No, it
0: doesn't. One person gave us a snotty <laughs> review. Um, I stand by the fact that it was terribly poorly written, and I
1: don't care. I hope that we've managed to stimulate... I mean, we do we do seem to get people buying the Well, DVDs that's the thing we didn't? saw with
0: Doctor two podcasters. Tim, brilliant that, he's buy, that, yes. that we're costing him money at the moment. I love the fact.
1: <laughs> <laughs> our job, our work here yeah, is exactly. done. No. <laughs> we're making people poorer. We're like the Tories. Right. Shall we sign off then?
0: We should be back for the letter P.
1: Uh,
0: can we have a P, please, Bob? And I think we're going to go a bit period, aren't we?
1: Yes, that, well, I don't know. I, I feel I'm going to have very little say on that one, but we shall see. We shall see.
0: You always say that, and then we end up an hour and I know, later gassing saying, away. I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like two old, what was it? Pub bores? Is that what it was called? <laughs> <laughs> In that review? Right. Oh, I don't know. Pub it's okay. Right. Don't worry. I've cursed that guy. He won't get far.
1: Oh, okay, right. <laughs> Take care. Okay then. Cheers, Martin. Bye. 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 Take care.
0: I say something. Next time on an AZ of UK TV drama, Persuasion.